You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday and happy Labor Day. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work today. We're going with a full game review, talking about the good, bad, and ugly. And we'll take a look at what I said I would be looking out for on Friday uh, as, of course, not necessarily the keys to victory. But, we'll yeah, we'll look out for that stuff. <laughs> uh, before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Lockdown Gators wherever you listen to podcasts that you never miss an episode. And please do subscribe to Lockdown Gators on YouTube. Like, we're having a blast tomorrow. I'm going to break out the whiteboard again, I think. I'm, thinking, I'm planning on it. Uh, <laughs> so that's the plan right now. The NFL season's about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Lockdown Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LeCanfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast because, hey, you're already late. <laughs> we're going to get right into these reviews and starting off, of course, we're going to go offense, defense, and then I put other um, just because I feel like, yeah, they pertain to offense or defense, but yeah, the other things are what interests me, not necessarily just the on-field stuff. Offense, um, <laughs> thank the Lord. Uh, the offensive line seriously outperformed my expectations. Like I know that I was talking about FAU and they're like they're they've got a young fence or they've got two very young defensive linemen. But again, this is a team that last year they led the conference in sacks like that's what they did and especially as a pass rush as a pass blocking unit this offensive line seriously exceeded the expectations and i was just very very happy about it uh the pocket was kept clean for the majority of the night granted the passing attack itself um was less than ideal but um but yeah i mean we had solid pass blocking and the offensive line played well the run game was pretty dang solid um not gonna lie like i mean granted we had some huge runs that helped kind of like pad the stats a little bit. Obviously, Anthony Richardson, just huge runs. Emory Jones is still effective on the ground. Um, and that's I'm I'm emphasizing on the ground. It was a rough day for both of our passers. Like I realized that um, Anthony Richardson had a just insane game. Like I know Tyler Fornis uh, was like, oh, yeah, like he's, he's been showing the X factor that we haven't seen at quarterback since Tebow. And he's not wrong. But we still saw nothing productive passing wise. And like I get Anthony Richardson didn't get a ton of opportunities, but late in the game when he was just throwing bombs, like he had two pretty open receivers. It didn't hit either of them. And it's like, what are we doing here, man? So that's where I'm at, where it's like, yes, Anthony Richardson played fantastic on the ground, but the the passing game just never got going with either guy. So I'm I'm not gonna just like praise him and buy into everything now. Someone needs to throw the football on this team if we're going to win. But again, that's like for a different conversation. Uh, on third down, the Gators were pretty good. We converted 10 of 16 attempts, which is a pretty dang good clip to hit at. Um, it, it, it was fun to see this offense kind of 
I mean, as vanilla as they were, um, it was just fun to see like, you know, screens and read options to me. Like that's fun football. That's like horizontal offense is like fun football. Also, I would have liked to see us take more shots down the field earlier in the game, as opposed to just, uh, as opposed to Anthony Richardson trying to cover the spread, which thanks for not doing that. But, um, that was sarcastic for the people listening and not watching. Um, yeah, that was, that was not wonderful for me at least, but, uh, I would have appreciated if he could hit the side of a barn with the side of a barn, but it just wasn't in the cards last night or well now Saturday night, uh, defensively our we were lights out. Like it was, that was a beautiful thing to see. The Gators defense was better than we've seen since 2019 and maybe even before then they were fantastic last night. Of course the backups came in and then it got pretty rough for the Gators, but I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to kill our defense because the depth guys against starters didn't really perform well. Like that's not something that I'm going to do. I will say there was one shot that Donovan, uh, Donovan McMillan laid on the sideline. That was a beautiful shot. Um, I realize I'm always like patting him on the back. He's one of the recruits I've been most excited for. And just like, that was a nice hit. I'm sorry. And by that, I mean, I'm not sorry at all. Um, Started off the year allowing less than 100 yards rushing to a team that like wanted to run the ball. They clearly wanted to do so, but went down early, couldn't really stick with their game plan or didn't really stick with their game plan, although they, I think, definitely could have because our offense kept them in the game way too long. Like Our offense was just so unproductive, but defense really locked down the whole time. It was great. Uh, defensive line was on an absolute tear it was insane and it was like you know we have discussed like having multiple guys rotate in and mul- and rotate in often and that's what happened we saw a lot of guys come in and play defensive line for us and for the most part we had pretty productive guys out there so it was fantastic to see and you know i'm really uh i'm, I'm looking forward to this team when they really get gelling defensively just what they can be and whew, man you better watch out because they're going to be nasty. Um, uh, the other section, you know, we've got, of course, after the game, Dan Mullen was asked about when he's got a timeline to make a decision on who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Gators. He's like, every job starting quarterback. What do you mean? What, 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 what decision do I have to make? Um, it was like, it's like, yeah, I get as a reporter, you have to ask that. But Dan Mullen has been very open about the fact that he's running with two quarterbacks this year. Like he's been very open about that. Obviously, who sees the majority of snaps uh might might change up, but that that's not something that we're going to deal with right now. I think I would I'm going to look forward to Anthony Richardson probably playing a lot more against South Florida, but then again, maybe Dan Mullins like we're going to give Emory another shot to get the majority of snaps and see if he can kind of right the ship here. Uh and it, it was like wide receivers rotated a lot as well if you for those of you who didn't watch, we saw a lot of guys play. Rick Wells saw a significant playing time, which was great. He scored his touchdown on a little screen. That was, that was fun to see. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I liked I liked how Dan Mullen coached this game, specifically towards the end of it where our offense was like, like we, we had the game in the bag. There was like a minute left, and Anthony Richardson is still heaving the ball towards the end zone. And it's like I like what we were doing because – it's not a matter of trying to run the score up or trying to be unsportsmanlike or doing whatever. It's a matter of you've got a pretty young team and you've got an opportunity to get them live snaps in a game. So you're going to do that and you're going to try some things out and just see what, see what works, see what doesn't work. 
So yeah. And like even Todd Grantham dialing up blitzes late in the game. It's like, was it necessary? No, but we're trying to see who we've got, what we've got against other teams, not just against ourselves. So I like what they did. I like this game plan throughout. Like, yeah, it, it was, it was, a. will say it was a well-coached game, but a poorly executed game. But luckily we still walked away with the win. Gators won. Thankfully, um, <laughs> You know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? I mean, is it really surprising, though, when you think about it? The game is rigged against you, literally rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of lineups, not to mention experts who can play, who have more tools and way more time. Like, some of these people just have so much time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sportsbook that puts the player in control and winning within reach. I know personally, like I've, I've played daily fantasy sports for a while and I've won maybe, maybe 10 to 20% of those. And that's being generous. It's probably more like eight to 12, but I'm going to, you know, front a little bit here. <laughs> Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. So make sure to go to stathero.com slash locked on. Now we're looking at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Whew, okay, the good, I'm, I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson here, mainly because, like, my God, that man was ridiculous with the ball on his hands. As a runner, I've, I've very openly expressed as a passer, left a lot to be desired, but as a runner... Oh my God, he was insane. First of all, the 73-yard touchdown run was ridiculous. Um, he just outran an entire defense, and that was just insane to see. Like, it was incredible. Uh, and then the other one, he, he hurdled the dude. Our, our backup quarterback hurdled the dude, which I'm going to say this now. Um, if you've never hurdled the dude, it's a risky move. Uh, I will share that when I was in high school, in practice, I hurdled someone, and then I tried doing it again, and I it didn't work out. It was like literally, like he knew I was gonna try it again, and he just went up and took me out at the thighs, and I flipped, and it was just like not, a, it was not a fun experience, and that was the last time that I in my life ever tried hurdling someone. I was like, yeah, no, I'm. I'm I'm cool with it at that point. Like the first time I did it was even just lucky because I caught a bubble. I turned around and he was just already diving at my legs. So I just jumped over. So it was like, it wasn't like a Zeke Elliott or like an Anthony Richardson hurdle. So I will say that uh, not fun, very daring. Um, I kind of hope he doesn't do it again, just because like that could end horribly for us. And I mean, it's, it's shown that he might be the guy that we need playing a lot of snaps. So I, I'd rather not have him get injured trying to hurdle someone, but it was still incredible to see, remarkable to see, and just, just so cool, if we're being honest. Now we're looking at the defensive line is another good for us because they were just dominating the whole time. It was so, so damn cool. It, it was ridiculous. Like, because it wasn't even just the starters. Like, we had a lot of depth guys rotate in, and it was just like everybody was coming in, maybe playing like four snaps, rotating out four snaps. And it was, there was so much rotation and so much success throughout where it's like, okay, maybe this is like pre, pre 2020, pretty much. Cause like before 2020, Gators have kind of been like, oh, like we're gonna, 
we're going to play good defense and we're going to hope that uh, that our offense won't screw us over. 2020 was we're going to play fantastic offense and our defense is going to shoot us in the foot repeatedly. And now maybe it's again, we're going to play good defense and hope that our offense doesn't screw us over. But the defensive line was really just thriving the entire night. Um, the bad, uh, I'm going to say those those two middle quarters were um, pretty bad. <laughs> they, 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 were pre- they were pretty bad. I'm not going to lie to you. Those, uh, there was kind of like a, a lulling period from this offense from the second quarter through most of the third. We, we had a touchdown in the third quarter, but it was like nothing spectacular, really. So pretty much the second and third quarters were just kaput for, uh, for the Gators, and it was less than ideal to see. Uh, hopefully they can get that on track because that is like, again, we played Florida Atlantic and like, I know I had Florida Atlantic fans and crying in the comments about like, you're disrespecting us. And it's like, yeah, sure. True. But like, yeah, at the end of the day, look what happened. Like it, like it wasn't wrong. Um, so I, I'll say that like that might've been even more rude than anything I had said about them before, but like you deserve it at that point. Cause you wanted to talk that talk. Now you're getting that talk, talk to you. Um, and then we're looking at the ugly, Passing game. I wanted to put it in the bad, but it was just so atrocious that I had to put it in the ugly. It was just so it was consistent in the worst way because it was consistently horrible. It, it was just it was just the worst thing that we ex- or that we kind of could have seen. Uh, I I did not expect it to be that horrid. Um, Emery was just you know after the first two drives when when Anthony Richardson came in for the first time and then Emery came back in. It was just different, you know, like like the pick in the end zone was just not not what not what we expected, not what should have happened. It, it was one of the worst reads that I've seen, especially when you're looking at he had a running back in the flat wide open. Um, I, I could be wrong. I think it was Naquan, but he had Naquan right in the flat. Again, could be wrong, but just going off, off memory. Um, I forgot who the receiver was in the back, but he, he had Naquan right there and chose to go for the riskier route and of course threw a pick in the end zone it's like well took points off the board for us there so that was a terrible decision and it's not just emory i know everybody's dunking on emory because anthony richardson was so good running the ball but when it came down to throw the ball anthony richardson wasn't good at that so i don't know who's going to be the quarterback here but it's a tough decision when i'm thinking when i try to put myself in dan mullen's shoes because it's like well, neither of them threw the ball well. Obviously, the offense was better when Anthony Richardson was out there, but neither of them threw the ball well, and we're not going to be able to just read option our way to to an SEC championship or to the Natty. Like, we, like we've got to develop a passing game here. That that's something that has to happen. And right now, we just don't have one that I'm confident in. And another ugly is the defensive penalties late in the game. Like, I, I get we had our backups in, but it was unacceptable. Just like how just how ugly things were. We had Blades and Perkins. Both got penalties. Perkins' one was like, it was so egregious. It was way after someone had run out of bounds. And I get it that it was just a little shove, but like, why why are you pushing or shoving anybody when, when they're way out of bounds? Like, he's already like off the white and you're shoving him. And it's, what is the benefit that you get from that? Because you just gave them better field position. So it was, it was stupid mistakes that, first of all, to me, are the most frustrating mistakes around. But I mean, it was also like those can't happen if you want to be a championship contender. That's that's just not that's not going to happen if we want to be contending for anything at any point this season. And I don't know about you guys, but football season's here, and now I'm constantly reminded 
of how out of shape I am and how much better physique these guys are in. So now I've really got to commit to eating built bars, my snack instead of other sugar filled snacks. Like, um, like, you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I have, I've been eating Dunkaroos lately cause they're, they're in, they're back in style. Um, built bar is the best protein bar on the market. If you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like I do, that is no longer a problem. Built bar is your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber solution. You can even enjoy it if you're keto. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com right now, the GOAT, honestly. And now week one is over, and I hope you all made some money because I know I didn't. Um, If we're going to be honest, I stupidly bet on Florida covering. Uh, the team's hitting the over, uh, Florida hitting the team over, but I did hit on the long, on the over under for the longest touchdown. I put over is 54 and a half. And of course, Anthony Richardson, 73 yards. Uh, I hit the over under on, uh, or not the over under. I bet on team scoring consecutively and the Gators scored three times in a row. And so I won that. So yeah, but yeah, um, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. With real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, it's the best way to place your bets. That was fun. And it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website and use your mobile device now, today, to receive a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts make sure to use promo code locked on this l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n now what i was looking out for on friday i went through this uh if you didn't listen to friday's episode i'm about to run through the three things that i said i was looking out for aside from just like offensive keys to victory defensive keys to victory just things i wanted to see in this game specifically to see how we were going to coach it how it was going to be managed and how everything was going to work out um So I'm going to run through the three of them and let you guys know what happened with it. And first up, how creative or vanilla the offense would be. Um, Because, of course, you know, last week we had heard Dan Mullen in the press conference was like, hey, um, the whole playbook is going to be open for Emory Jones. Um, And, you know, on Friday I was like, yeah, he said that, but will it really be open or are we going to keep it kind of close to the vest in case we want to, like, just hide things from Bama? And, uh that's what we if this is our offense if what we saw on saturday was our offense and it wasn't keeping things close to the vest then chalk it up because we're done that's that was it it was just it was a lot of wider wide receiver screens it was a lot of read options and there, there was nothing really new or exciting schematically i get everybody's gonna be like oh anthony richardson new and exciting and it's like yeah wonderful but that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking schematically what we were going to see, there was nothing really, really uh, eye-popping to see out of any plays drawn up, which is what we expected again, because we've had FAU and then USF, and then we have Bama. So we've got the luxury of having a very good team early in the schedule, luxury of having a very good team early in the schedule, because now we've got, okay, like we, we can keep this offense kind of kind of bland and vanilla, and then we can just break out the really fun stuff 
in week three where it's like if we played them in week seven or something, we wouldn't be able to keep six weeks of vanilla play calling. We'd get just we'd get demolished in every way. So luckily we've got FAU and then USF coming up this week. And of course, USF just lost 45 nothing to NC State on Saturday. So they're not looking great. But I mean, who knows? Maybe NC State has another ranked run, but I doubt, but we'll see. Um defensively, I wanted to see this defense rotate personnel in a lot like that was something that I, I really wanted to see and I was very open about and we got to see it and that was awesome because again like that's what I want to see I, I hope we see it more often like in games against like Bama Georgia um LSU probably won't be ranked at the time but you know Bama Georgia and LSU where it's like I, I want to see us rotate in a lot but I'm thinking that maybe it was because we were playing Florida Atlantic that they were like you know we'll give we'll give the younger guys a shot um Again, hopefully that's not the case. I want to see us rotating a lot. I think that's very good. I think it's underrated just how uh, just how important it is and how beneficial it is to have fresh legs on the field the majority of times, specifically on the defensive line, because if you don't get any pressure, then you're just cooked. It's as simple as that. So rotating in a lot is going to be key for us, I think. Um, I wanted to see if we would dial up blitzes, which we, we, we did, especially like late in the game. We were even drawing some things up and letting some things happen, and they were they were hitting home. Um, the only negative thing about that is that now teams can kind of look at what we showed before that, look at who came in and kind of game plan for that. But again, it's like, I, I don't think it was a serious thing to, uh, to break out that little blitz, uh, specifically way just to nail Nicosi Perry was fantastic. I hated the off coverage, but I'm hoping that, which again, we played mostly second half, but. I'm hoping that we get more physical and get in people's faces like we did in the first few drives. Which running back will emerge? Um, Anthony Richardson? I don't, I, don't, I don't know because Malik Davis was fantastic. Um, he was like, make the most out of your opportunities. He did it. Like, like Malik Davis did it. So good for him. Like he was clearly the, uh, I want to say, most consistent back. In week one, Damian Pierce was behind him. as, And then, like, Demarcus Bowman had a few good runs. Like, that was fun to see. Um, but, yeah, like, our, our biggest rushing threat was Anthony Richardson. So, I genuinely don't Like, obviously, Malik Davis was the most successful running back on a consistent basis on Saturday. But Anthony Richardson was the best rushing threat in general for us on Saturday. So, I don't know. But luckily, at least... The offensive line looked pretty good. And again, this is like, I get it. It's it's Florida Atlantic, but this isn't like, this isn't bad Florida Atlantic. This is Florida Atlantic when they're near the best they've been in a long time. It's just still not, you know, it, it's not Bama. It's not Georgia. It's not LSU. It's not any of these teams with a good defensive line. So yeah, we, we had a great offensive line performance. I'm hoping that we could build upon that and carry it through and please, um, but yeah, like I, we need to see more pretty much that that's what it is. But that about does it for today's episode of locked on Gators. Join me tomorrow as we'll break down some of the tape. And of course, we'll be talking about Emory versus Anthony. Like, you know, I have to do it. Like I can't not do it. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with whole nine sports.com. That is W H O L E. NINE Sports. Be sure to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel because, again, we're breaking down film tomorrow. Be sure to check out Locked On Fantasy Football hosted by Vinny Ayer, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I've got a draft in about 20 minutes, so I need all the help I can get because, again, like I know I said it last week, I drafted Cam Newton and then he got cut the next day. So 
I, I need the help here. Betting on the Gators doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you listen to podcasts.